Welcome to episode 126 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. You know, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I'd like to remind you again that subscribing is the best way to make sure that you never miss an episode of Stageworthy. And subscribing is easy. Just go to Apple Podcasts or Google Music and search for Stageworthy and click on the subscribe button. You can also find links directly to both Google and Apple on the Stageworthy website, and that'll take you right to where you can click the subscribe button. If you want to drop me a line, I would love to hear from you. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. If you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at PhilRickaby, and my website is PhilRickaby.com. My guest this week is playwright, storyteller, and performer Carlin Ramey. Carlin will be taking her solo show, The ADHD Project, to the 2018 editions of the London, Edmonton, Victoria, and Vancouver Fringe Festivals. What have, you been, what have you been filling your time with? I mean, you're busy, mm. so what have you been filling your time with? Yeah, um, we're, well, I'm in like two playwriting groups in Hamilton. Oh, shit. I moved to Hamilton in the fall. Okay. Which has been great. Um, and so I'm doing a women's playwriting group, mm-hmm. and I'm developing a solo show of that with Character Mask. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, fascinated with that because I have an idea for something that I think will be mask-based as well. Yeah. So, yeah. It's fun. I got a friend of mine lent me some masks. I've been playing with them. They're not quite right, but I signed mm. up for a workshop that's literally in between. It's my one week off pretty much in the summer. <laughs> I filled it with, with a mask-making workshop at sure, Stratford. like you do. <laughs> that I can't afford. So uh, I filled it with that. Um, because I'm going to be doing a little, like a short workshop of it at the mental health festival in, uh, okay. in Hamilton. And then I, and then I'll be doing a full like workshop presentation of the full show mm. instead of just a piece of it in September when I come back. So okay. that's that. And then, um, the, with the other group, I've been working on the newer show, which is called Scaredy Cat for mm. the Hamilton Fringe. <clears throat> um, Are you doing that? This, this fringe? Yeah. Okay. So you're, so you're. I need to, because you're doing the ADHD project in, like, where are you doing that? I'm doing that one in London, Edmonton, Victoria, and Vancouver. Okay. Um, And then then I'm going into the prologue for the arts Mm -hmm. thing to do it in schools in the fall. Um, And Scaredy Cat is just in Hamilton. Hamilton. Okay. And then then the other stuff is just, like, little pieces. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's a lot. That's a that's a lot of solo to keep in your head. Yeah, it is. And then and and I I debated whether or not like the one script of the character mask. I was like, is this a solo show? I don't know. And so I ended up writing it being open. You could yeah. do it as one, or I if an ensemble wanted to do it. Sure. I wrote it with enough detail and freedom in it. I think that a, a group <clears throat> could do it. Um, and I I like that part of it mm. but I think I'll attempt to do it as a solo show just because I, I know the characters it's sure. all characters in a group home okay um, 
and I know all the characters personally. <laughs> um, I'm curious, what is it that, that draws you to to solo performance? Um, this solo performance specifically. Um, well, I think when it started, it was like that's what I saw. Um, at like my first storytelling show was solo, sure. yeah, and um. And just seeing someone like command the stage with with all like hundred and ten percent energy, mm. um, and and not needing anyone anyone else to mm-hmm. tell a story, yeah. I think is interesting. You know that kind of minimalist thing. Yeah, I one of the things that I found from doing the commandment because it was my first solo solo show was yeah. how addictive it is yeah <laughs> to be the person commanding an audience yeah that is because <coughs> once well, you know you can do it oh shit like and there's really nothing like it to be like oh I can take these people on a journey and it's me taking them on the journey yeah you know? and it, it, there's a special like <clears throat> intimate connection with the audience that you get when it's yeah. just you and when you're talking directly to them I think Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that's that's sort of like one of the one of the, the the tricks to making a solo play work is treating the audience like your your scene partner. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I have seen people who, who who don't seem to do that and I'm always I always feel a little bit disconnected. I always feel mm-hmm. um <clears throat> like why am I here? Yeah. You know? But if they talk to me, yeah. Instead of at me, then I'm I'm totally drawn in. Yeah. Um. So your first, your first solo play was was Sayer. Sayer, yes. Yes, which I think I pronounced correctly. Yes. Which I think most people say sore because we sore. transpose the the N-O. <laughs> yeah. Um. And what was we re- re- sorry? Are we recording now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's no, so no. funny. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I. If you if you'd been like you know what I hate this fucking guy, you know I would have been like okay so I'm just gonna well be cutting that out. <laughs> but no, no, yeah, I do I do prefer to like treat it like a conversation. Yeah so, yeah no yeah. this is great that's I was just it just clicked it now when you brought up Sarah it's yeah. like wait <laughs> yeah um so Sarah is like a story like your story mm-hmm. um and it's about. A journey that you took after, like, looking for, like, could you just describe uh, Sarah for for me? Yeah. Uh, So I went traveling uh, through Ireland, Scotland, England on my own for the very first time. Um, There's a particular reason why I went there. And uh, (coughs) before I got, before I left, I found out I got into the calf fringe lottery. Okay. (laughs) And I didn't have a show. Um, so you entered the calf lottery without anything? With nothing. With nothing. I didn't th- People told me it was going to take 10 years to get it. <laughs> and I got it on my first thing with yeah. people. Of course, yeah. Angry. But, um, yeah, so, and so I, I, I literally, uh, yeah, got in and then left, I think I left for the trip like a week later. Um, and it was seven weeks mm-hmm. and came back and, and wrote... Uh, I knew I wanted to write storytelling. I wanted to write something that was uh, true and from my life. And and I hoped I would get something from the trip. And I ended up writing... Uh, most of it is adventures and the people I met on, on the trip. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, it's also why I went there and, sure. and what happened uh, to to get me to that point to go somewhere on my own for the first time. Well, I'm so glad that actually something, that something happened while you were on a trip to give you a show. Because that would have been like, uh, you would come back and be like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering about that too, but luckily, uh, when you, I think for anyone, when you travel on your first time, like mm. anything that. Oh, there are definitely stories, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and with me, that's that's like the law of my life. <laughs> the law of your life is that shit happens. Shit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the ADHD project is about. Mm. Uh, well, let's. I mean, what what is it that made you want to write about your ADHD? And what did the like? What did the what is the? Obviously, it's about ADHD and having it. But what did? How did that come about? Yeah, I, I think I always wanted to write about that, mm. um, especially after I, I went back to school for educational assistance, special needs support um, to work with uh, children and also special needs, which is my other passion. And uh, after going through that, um, my brain started to blend that aspect with theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew I wanted to write uh, my or or tell my my story with ADHD sure. and growing up with that and being in a segregated classroom and and how that all worked out and some things happened when I was in college kind of learning about my diagnosis and I wanted to talk about that um, and I ended up doing Sarah first as my my first one because I knew this one was uh, the important one and I wanted to make sure I had my feet wet before I dove into sure that. yeah yeah. Um. Were you, you were diagnosed with, with ADHD when you were a kid? Seven, yeah. When you were seven. Um, I don't know if they still do it, but they, they put you they put you in a special needs class at that point, or did they? Yeah, yeah. so it was a segregated classroom for grades three and four, mm-hmm. and then uh, integrated after that. So you do like half the day with mm-hmm. a group of six kids and the other half with everybody else. Sure. Um, did you, was that... Was it difficult to go back and forth between the two? Did they, mm. um, did other kids like make fun of you or, <laughs> or something? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I talk a little bit about it in the show, mm-hmm. actually. Just how, like, I have a line where it's, you know, if kids sense something weird or different about you mm. in any way, they'll either attack or pretend you don't exist. Yes, type yeah, of thing. yeah. Um, and it and it's just it's so true to my experience and for other people that have come to chat with me after the show, sure. um, you know, you get the label and that's great because you get the resources you need and and with a label sometimes can come compassion from people who <clears throat> are educated. <clears throat> yeah. But with a label comes all the other stereotypes yes, and stigma yes. as well, and 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 so you're it's a it's a bitter edged sword mm. or double edged sword. Double edged sword. <laughs> yeah. I mean. That's, I, I take it that the kids, did you find that most kids were on the attack or on the ignore? Uh, for me, I, it was a bit of a blend, but a, a lot of the ignore. <coughs> really? Yeah, just that, mm. that whole aspect of uh, um, excluding uh, mm. growing up in that way. I think I only had, had one good friend in elementary yeah. school in my class. Did you do, were you medicated at that point or were you? Yes. Yeah. 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 I was on meds from age seven all mm. the way up until I went away to college and mm. couldn't remember to take them anymore. So. 
<clears throat> That's so what, how I got off meds. And what 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 happened when he went off the meds? Mm. It's hard to tell. I mean, theater has always been something that made me focus. So mm. even when I told my parents, you know, I'm not remembering to take them every day, so I'm just gonna stop. Um, they weren't concerned because theater was the one thing that I could I hyper focus on. Sure. Um, other things like disorganization and forgetfulness, all those other symptoms. I do wonder if meds would help with that because I still <laughs> struggle with it today so much. Mm. Um, you may not be alone yeah. there. It might not yeah. be an ADHD <laughs> thing. It might just be a, just a artist, thing, artist, artist thing. thing yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you decided that this was like, you knew that you ultimately wanted to write this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your feet wet with Sarah. By the way, when you were when you were traveling with Sarah, um, what was like? Was there? Did you find that there was a difference between uh, your expectation of performing and your and what actually happened? Like, what was your expectation of Fringe versus your oh. um, your actual experience? Yeah, that's a good question. <clears throat> um, uh, I I think I. I didn't expect to be as nervous as I was um, to perform something deeply personal. Mm. Um, I had that little moment right before, and with ADHD Project 2, which was surprising, um, where you think, I cannot go up and say this in front of people who know me and people who don't. And Was that and, just the first time you performed it, or was uh, it? <clears throat> um, yeah, it was like right before... Um, but once you kind of say like, wow, fuck it. Yes. <laughs> um, that, that goes away pretty quickly. Um, I get, I think for Sarah, especially it was ha- crazy how many people related to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, it, it was personal. It was about a breakup. It was about traveling on your own, mm-hmm. but all like pretty standard, you know, Standard stories that I yeah. think. So while I thought, you know, this is going to be something that people have heard before, it being something that people have heard before means that they can relate to it. And, sure. And, or not heard before, but they've experienced it. So I, I so many people came up and to me after and, and said, like, I helped them through, you know, the ending of a, a long friendship that they had or the ending of a relationship that they just had. Or so they're, they just booked their ticket or they're going to go book their ticket now to, mm. to go do it. Um, and I did not expect that. And I think that comes also with like, it comes with all theater, but especially with solo work and yes. kind of storytelling when yeah. you open up something. And when you connect with people. Yeah. Audience, and, and you right? connect with people. Yeah. They, uh, they really feel it and they want to come up and, and, and talk with you about that it. That I think is one of the interesting things about, about connecting with an audience in a solo play, as opposed to any other kind of play. People in my experience, really want to share with you what touched them mm-hmm. and what affected them in your performance uh, in a way that I, I haven't seen happen with other shows. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, especially with ADHD Project. I mm. I went in, I, the first performance of it uh, was at In the Soil, the, just a workshop, the first time I ever performed it, and no one had seen it. My director hadn't come on yet. Like, it was freshly after. Because oh, you did, you did yeah. the, 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 my writer's retreat, yeah, yeah. and then you were, like, doing it like <laughs> it that, was, like, in a weekend. It was fresh, fresh out of the writer's retreat. Oh. <laughs> this is what I I'd put together. I had 
like the script cleverly like played out on the stage, like the titles of each story uh-huh. in a row. Um, so I had a little cheat sheet. And I, I went into it being like, okay, hey, you know, actors and performers, we, we, you have to learn from failure. This is just going to be a failure and that's just what it's going to be. Yeah. And I, and I did it and I had no idea how it was going throughout and, and I just got through it. And at the end, everyone but my parents <laughs> stood up <coughs> and, and every single person in that room came to talk to me and mm. it was, crazy and but it was needed after that i i walked away knowing like okay this story has value and and not only does it have value but people need it so many people people with uh Mm -hmm. asperger's were in the audience that night also adhd other mental health Mm -hmm. issues they came up and and said i've never seen someone tell a piece of my story on stage yeah Mm -hmm. so after that it was like okay now i'm doing it i'm I'm telling my story for other people which kind of uh, up to the stakes. That elevated a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> um, when you were doing, <clears throat> when we were in, in Hamilton together, mm-hmm. uh, and you were doing Sarah, I was pretty impressed with your ability to just talk to people about your show. Um, as an introvert, I have difficulty doing that. I'm like, I see a crowd of people, I see a line, and now I have to go over here and sit with my head between my knees for a good few minutes mm-hmm. and work myself up um did you have did you plan how you were going to promote the show to people or did it just come naturally to you uh it's funny that you say that actually because uh <laughs> hamilton was the fifth stop on a like overlapping tour mm-hmm. i did like because i did london montreal ottawa toronto hamilton oh shit in montreal and uh, overlaps uh and of, ottawa overlap and it overlapped of london too a oh, little fuck. bit that year okay so I mean, I didn't, I barely flyered, I think, until I got to Toronto. Really? So that's three fringes in. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was like head between my knees to like, I don't know how to approach someone. <laughs> and uh, by Hamilton, I, and Sarah was incredibly hard to pitch too. I mean, even the title is Irish for free. So it's not even in English. Sure. <laughs> um and it's hard to explain that without that show without giving it away. Sure. Too. Uh, I found last year I found finally got like a a pitch down for Edmonton and Vancouver that I could mm. use. But in Hamilton, I was just I I found I had to just have a conversation with someone sure. to end up telling them about my show and and selling them on it. I am terrible at the 10 second pitch. Like I have to talk to someone for at least five minutes. That's funny. Cause I, I, my perception was that damn Carlin really has her shit together as far as promoting <laughs> her show goes. Do you I just hyped up the last, la, last one. So I had yeah, to give maybe. my all. <laughs> um, do you identify as a, like, do you, do you think of yourself as an introvert or as um, an extrovert or a combination of the two? Yeah, I think a combination of the two. Mm. I think everyone is a combination of the two in a way. Like, I think I sent you this before, the Myers-Briggs personality test yeah, thing, yeah. which I found really helpful. Um, <clears throat> that said I was, uh, I was an ENFP, and then my friend got me a book on it, which has been great. Um, so basically, I get... And it, it's totally true for me. I get energy from other people, mm-hmm. um, which is wonderful. But then I don't process my experiences until I'm alone, huh. which is so true. Because once I get back home after like a crazy social mm-hmm. 
uh, event or, or being outside all day and, and running around doing things, I get home and sometimes I just sit for a minute and think or meditate or, or just sit with my thoughts and, mm. and I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm literally processing everything that has just mm. happened. So mm. I, I think that's, okay. yeah, mm. so more, yeah, a little bit more of both, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Probably more extroverted. Well, I mean, the fact that you, I mean, from what I saw, your abilities are to just engage people in conversation, whereas I was like, okay, now I'm going to look somebody in the eye and talk about my show. <laughs> you know, there's such a, such, so much effort involved in doing that. Um, but you went to, you, you went to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Was it your first time at the Edmonton Fringe? How how was that? It's great. I love Edmonton, <laughs> Phil. I love it. Um, it's funny because it is the one fringe that I could think of in Canada that scares the <laughs> shit out of me. And I've done it. I've done it, but it still is just so massive. And uh, yeah, I was definitely scared going into it. Mm. Um, but it's there's no other fringe where. You can start selling tickets before you even land. Oh in the shit, province. that is so true. Yes, like just that mm. being knowing that, like, oh, I could, like, I'm gonna break even and not worry about it. Is is <clears throat> was a great feeling. I mean, I'm I'm doing a bring your own venue this year in Edmonton, so that's gonna be a whole other piece. Yes. But, um, <coughs> Are you doing it at the French School? No, I'm doing uh, what's it called? Roots on White. Okay, it's right outside the hub. So it's, okay, yeah, it's a great. Uh, it's in around everything, mm. which is great. Cool. Um, and did you did you do Steel Wheels? Did you? Yeah, yeah. I I bought pizza there and soup and beer. You ate there. <laughs> I ate there. Wow. A lot of us ate there. Okay. <laughs> I think I only ate there once, and it was it wasn't bad. It was just like it wasn't my choice. My my preferred no, eating place. It definitely wasn't my preferred eating place. They had some sort of spicy ramen soup, though, mm. last year that was super good. <laughs> so I did eat that quite a few times. Um, yeah, Edmonton, it, it's just so great because there's an audience there. So you can, you can, you know, you can work and, yeah. and you can fly her hard before your show and get a good crowd. I mean, that is one of the things that I really liked about, about both Edmonton and Winnipeg was the, the fact that fringe is this enclosed area Mm -hmm. and everybody who's in that area is there for fringe and so you don't have to wait for people to line up in fact in edmonton they almost don't line up because they don't have to line up for tickets but they're in that area and so you can just flyer people there go around yeah you don't have to explain what fringe yes which you have to do in most other places unless they're already lined up for a show Mm -hmm. um so now you've, I mean, you've done the ADHD project a couple of times. and uh, Ottawa and Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so now you're, now you're going to be taking it to a bunch of other show, uh, uh, fringes. Yes. Has, I mean, after you did that initial performance, after the writer's retreat, um, how much did, did it change? Um, right after that, uh, it changed. It, it changed a little bit because my director came on, mm. um, John Patterson. And Did he see the? He didn't see it. No, no. Okay. no. He's actually never seen it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no. How? How? Uh, explain how how he directs it without ever seeing. Well, it. he's no. He's seen it. Like he's seen the show. He's okay. Rehearsed with me. He's never seen it perform. Like, oh, a performance okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He will this summer though. Um. So uh, he came on. 
and yeah, helped with dramaturgy. You need one more story about this. Mm. We need less of that. Um, and and directed um, a lot of the the character work with mm. me because I do do some characters in the show. Um, but yeah, mostly like little tweaks here and there and tightening things. I, sure. I worked more on it um, this past year, getting it ready for schools. Mm. And then this fringe, we're adding in a whole different element. We're going to use a projector to project actual uh, video footage okay. from my childhood. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Um, so that'll change it up a lot. And I yeah. think that's, we wanted to do it last year. We just ran out of time. And sure. I think... It, that will uh, put it where it, it needs to be. Mm. Um, that's a that's a lot of changing over over time. Um, yeah, it's grown and it's grown a lot, and it changes with every. I'm the kind of person I need to do the show in front of an audience to really mm. get the changes in there and to figure out what's working and what's not. Um, so it's hard for me to kind of go back into a room and like work on a script and then sure. come back. So, I mean, doing it in Ottawa and Hamilton was super helpful. And now starting to do it in the schools has been really good too. So <clears throat> you, you sort of change things as you go. Yeah. So if somebody had seen Sayer in London and then saw it in Hamilton, would it have been, it would have been fairly different. Oh really? Yeah. Especially okay. Sayer because Sayer started very much like, uh, this is a this is a play and and this is a play, but it's storytelling about mm. my life. And then by the time Hamilton hit, you know, I was out there when people were coming in. It, I asked questions to the audience. It was way more of of a storytelling, sure, um, relaxed at atmosphere. Mm. We kind of took away that some of the theatrics as well. Um, yeah, but that's when I was still playing that hybrid of a genre. Sure. An ADHD project, yeah. Even people have told me they've they've seen it twice. They saw it in uh, in the soil, and then mm. they saw it um, in Hamilton. And every time I do it, it kind of changes. There's no like, okay. there's a set script, mm. um, but it and so each you'll I hit each story usually with each uh, show, but uh, but it it's very much a conversation like we were saying before. Sure. It's, it's very much an, a loose conversation with the audience. Yeah. Do you? I mean. Is there much tech? Because if it changes a whole lot, it's got to be hard on a, um, on, a, on, a, on a technician. Yeah, I think all my shows are hard on a technician. <laughs> I, I, I SM'd a show for the first time this year, and, and so now I understand what I've done the last two years. <laughs> I need to do some apologies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so I have, uh, right now I have no tech. Uh, um, I had tech in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um and then I did a bring your own venue, um, so I just didn't bring in sure. a tech for for Hamilton last year. So it works either way. I mean, I, I do it in classrooms and libraries sure. for for kids, so it doesn't need any tech. But now that we're adding the projection elements, things will need to be. Now there needs to be some. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit more hammered hammered down. At yeah. the very least, certain lines will need to be. Hammered yes. Down. Yeah. 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 You certainly won't be able to say, here's the script. It's not going to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I go back and, and read my scripts if, I'm, if I have to submit it to a, 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 a some sort of playwriting mm. contest or storytelling festival. 
and I go through just to make sure it's all updated. And I'm like, what is this from? Like, this whole piece is... I haven't been doing this since the start. Yeah. Like, it's it's a whole different show, and I can't believe I handed that yeah. to my technicians. Well, you know, it, what's, what's kind of interesting, like, I did... Uh, sort of like a, a, a polish on the script after Hamilton mm-hmm. for, for the commandment. And I kind of went through, was like, do I still say it like this? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went from start to finish. And I kind of like recited and typed at the same time. Um, and came to the conclusion that, oh, yes, I had overwritten sections and I mm-hmm. sort of economized. But it was essentially the same the same thing. Yeah. Um, and only afterwards I sort of added like one chunk at the end. Yes. So, it's yeah. the sitting down and doing it that's hard for me because Mm. I especially ADHD project I only had point like there was no script it was all the stories were point form written down and then I I practiced telling them yeah Um, well when you were at the at the writer's retreat I think at the end it was like you sort of like had an outline and you were like well that's all the time I have (laughs) that's good (laughs) yep yeah yeah I mean I had some pair like some paragraphs written as Mm -hmm. as text and then other parts yeah were a lot of point form and and I never go back and to my once I start practicing on my feet and mm. and just telling the story, I will maybe go back and look at the script once or twice, but i'll I'll just kind of leave it. Sure. Um, so I when I needed a full script to give to Ottawa, mm. I was actually doing a lot of speech to text because I just couldn't I mean, the ADHD really affects in this case, like sure. I sitting down and typing something out that I already have memorized is physically mm, painful yeah i can imagine uh, i and i tried for a long time and finally i just had to do speech to text mm. so i was walking around the, s- the streets outside to not get bored saying my show into my phone and doing a speech to text yeah. thing to get the script out mm. cool yeah when when did you start writing uh <laughs> like just in general like when would, yeah. when did you become when did you start writing and when did you start writing theater and doing it well, to ask a massive question. Yeah, uh, we did a little bit of creative writing with uh, the wonderful Maya Ardell when I was in school, um, who does great uh, exercises for creative writing, and and she does workshops too. Um, and that kind of opened my eyes to it because up until that point, that was in my my last year, I hadn't really thought about writing my own mm. work and and then I really really enjoyed that that course in school but I kind of just left it until uh two other graduates and I did our first friend show we did a collective creation the three of us um which was a lot of bit storytelling bits and and uh made up clowny bits it was really weird <laughs> I almost wish I filmed it so I could go back and look at it and, and just try and hide my face <laughs> um, I, it was, I did an interpretive dance piece and I don't dance <laughs> like a lot of lot of things we basically mm. wanted to like just try everything we've always wanted to try and never did okay and that was our first friend show but uh but we wrote a lot for that and that was kind of my first mm. um uh, uh trial I guess with it and then after that uh I attempted to write a solo show for years and finally mm. found storytelling and that I could see the end point of storytelling. I was like, well, I know the ending to all my stories. So it's yeah. easier than writing a fiction play. Yeah. And then it, I latched onto it and fell in love with it. What was it <clears throat> that made you want to do a solo play? I think it came back to like seeing, I saw a show, um, 
at the fringe a solo mm. show and it was just so um jam-packed with with energy and i was so captivated from start to finish mm. which is a rare rarity for me mm. um ADHD. yeah <laughs> and and i think for a lot of people too nowadays like and they so many people can't sit for more than 60 minutes anymore right sure. Um, so and this show just captured my attention from start to finish and it was so energetic and so fun and it was a solo storytelling show and it was cool to see someone be able to be themselves and all their silliness and, mm. and crazy hyperness on on stage and I saw basically you I think you get inspired by these things by seeing yourself on stage sure. I saw <clears throat> something that reflected me and so that pushed me to do it do you remember what the show was? That, that, that yeah, that? I think we talked about it actually uh, in the last in the last time I was here. Uh, it was the show must go on, Jeff Laird's. Show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, and then I saw, and so that started for like inspired me to start writing a, a right. solo show. And then when I saw uh, Sam Mullins' show, who's a great storyteller on the on the circuit, I was like, oh yeah, you can also just stand there and tell a story and keep an audience too so was that uh, tinfoil dinosaur or was that that was the, uh, a, a newer untitled, one yeah untitled, untitled sam Mullins yeah, yeah yeah he just did four <clears throat> stories and just uh, you know just stood up there and told them and mm. it was fantastic so i think it was like over the years there's a collection of like seeing these shows and seeing people uh be able to command uh, mm. uh, an, an audience with so much energy and be themselves on stage and and then again just share something from their life that yeah. could be the simplest thing Mm. But it creates that lovely connection with the audience. Yeah. I <clears throat> wanted to, to uh, uh, write a solo show before I even saw one <laughs> because I read one. Here, let's enter it. Uh, uh, same author. Oh, no, uh, sorry. Danny I McIver. Danny McIver. It was, yeah. it was Danny McIver and it was uh, um, Wild Abandoned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Followed by House. Mm. And from the moment I looked at those, I was like, I can tell. That this is amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I was right when I finally got to see him perform it. Uh, uh, that yes, it's amazing to watch, and I was like, I need to do this. Yeah. Um, and you know, eventually, it only took me eight years of writing <laughs> to, to do it. Um, but what is it that that uh, called you into theater? Um... Like you said that it was like, was it? How did you find out that theater is what allows you to hyper-focus? Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny. I have this in my in the ADHD project. The first play I ever did was in my grade 7 drama class, and I, pl- I got to play Dopey uh-huh. in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which was the role I wanted. Very exciting. And uh, that was kind of the first time where I realized, like, I can make people laugh. Mm. And you know, Dopey's a super silly character, and I had the best time playing it. And at that point, I wasn't able to be myself among my mm, classmates. Okay. Um, it was very, very... I, I was very, very introverted because mm. if I broke out of that in any way, I would be called hyper or sure. or special and not in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so being able to do, being able to do theater uh, was me being able to be myself for the first time. Um, so from there, it just... Snowballed, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, you were you were introverted as a child, and when did you in certain in certain, in certain places? Okay. Yeah. So you, I mean, I was at home 
I was like many kids. I was outgoing and and mm-hmm. and, and loud, and my parents exactly. wondered how I learned anything at school because I was always <laughs> talking. And then when they found out by talking, like I think it was in grade one, and they worried that my my teacher would be like, "Phil just won't shut up," <laughs> and the teacher was like, "He's so quiet." And my parents were like, "Who's this child at home?" <laughs> and so I mean, there's context. So were you like a chatterbox at home and like at school because of circumstances introverted or? Yeah, I was pretty wild outside of school. Mm-hmm. I think I like tried to sit on that energy all day long. Um, I did an after school program with the YMCA. It was a leader core program and I would get there and be bouncing off the walls mm. Um so, and I think part, I mean, part of that's just me and, and the meds wearing off at the end of the day. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I think part of it's too is, is trying mm. to sit on it all day long, mm. um, at, at school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when you were, when you were in theater school and you were not taking your meds, mm-hmm. um, how did that affect your theater school experience? Um, well, even in high school, and once high school hit and I was outside of that one group of people, uh, I was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'd like to think I've simmered down in my old age. <laughs> but yeah, after as soon as high school hit, I, I was just so energetic, always like bouncing around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and theater school started that way too <laughs> and then there's you know there's a need for for stillness and, and sure. calm too with that and I, I think I it helped with that how did you find the stillness and calm um that's a daily struggle it's still something that I go that I, mm. I am always uh trying different things to to reach um but I mean in in theater school at least they're just the way that it was Fanshawe College, the the way that their theater program was kind of set up uh, was, at least the first year, it, they gave you a lot of time, basically. Mm. Um, so we had classes, like voice classes, where we'd have a, you know, a two-hour class and we'd just be focusing on our breathing. Okay. And part of that was torturous for... I can imagine. <laughs> Me at seventeen, um, but finding the you know finding those cla- those classes where there's we're we're meditating or we're we're taking in the room and and knowing why we're doing that we're doing mm. this to uh, be grounded and and uh, and ready or present or, or we're doing this mm. to connect with everyone. Um, a big thing was uh, you know you, if you are doing an ensemble piece. Um, you want to be part of the ensemble and not to uh, not standing out sure. uh, on your own, and and that whole realization too. So knowing why you were doing it really helped to uh, to. Yeah, and I knew it all was. It I knew I, I I never didn't want to try anything. Sure. Um, it obviously some exercises I knew were going to be more of a struggle than others, but I but I loved theater and I, and I wanted to be a performer. So. Mm. Uh, I'm very goal oriented, so everything was a challenge that I wanted to mm. tackle, whether it was being still and, and silent yeah. or uh, the opposite. Did you find that that once you were in theater school that you'd found like your people? Were you 
in the place that you felt like you didn't have before? Or did you find that in high school? Yeah. Public I, school? I found I found it in high school. We had a great arts program. Mm. Um, and a, my drama teacher, I had known her for years. She was the mother, actually, of my best friend growing up. Um, and she was a wonderful mentor to me and put on these uh, big productions. And it was a school that where... The football players, all the top football players, were in the musical. Oh shit! Okay. Dressed up like tailors, like it nice. was nice. Yeah, theater, theater was definitely the cool thing to do. Um, so it was great because I, there was no backlash for me being my myself in, mm. in that environment, um, and people were really accepting and and inclusive. And in mm. theater school. Even it just kind of enhanced from there, right? You find people that you can sure. sit down and have a beer with and, and talk, yeah. you know, and, yeah. about what you love and shows that you've seen and how that, that striked you. And I think it's always great when you're talking to another theater person. Yeah. Because yeah. they know the work that goes into doing all those things. And sure. You can talk about, you know, the work that you're doing and how that inspired that. And, mm-hmm. and just those those conversations are always the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of times you've mentioned uh, uh, when you're able to be yourself. Um, and are you in a place now where you, and were you like in theater school, you were able to be yourself for the, for most of the time or did you have to rein it in a lot? And, and um, I mean, there, there's also, I, th- I think theater school for sure. I was able to, to just be me. Um and, but there's also that that element of, uh, you know, what's me and, and what's my ADHD mm. making me impulsive or, or hyper or, or mm. um, you know, scattered. Um, so when I think of like sitting still or, or, or uh, you know, med- meditating or, or anything like that, um, I don't think that's not me. I just think it's difficult because of the way that my brain is mm. yeah. yeah i don't think i'm not being me when i have to do those things sure. in, in especially in, in an art form but um they're just more challenging was yeah. was finding the difference between um you and your adhd a difficult thing to do it's kind of a new thing for me okay. actually yeah okay. after after i went back to um school to do uh, educational assistance, special needs support, I, I kind of turned my focus to uh, ADHD mm. and to learn more about my diagnosis. And I learned, you know, about symptoms that I didn't even know were symptoms of my ADHD. Mm. Um, and especially about being an adult because it manifests differently in a child than mm. an adult. Um, your strengths and weaknesses can even be different in, in both. Mm. So uh, that whole experience kind of made me reflect and I'm, I'm still reflecting on that. And I think often like, what is me and, and what is that? And, mm. and because, you know, if I, if I mess up, if I forget a deadline or I miss a bus or at any time to a certain extent, I know I need to give myself a break because that's, that's where the ADHD is coming sure. in and, and affecting my organizational skills. But then, you know, when when is it not ADHD and when it's you being lazy and not being prepared or you know mm. so you kind of have to find that balance for for you I mean I know I have I have si- like systems in place and yeah. tools that I use to to stay on top of things um, and sometimes those fail and I 
no longer blame myself for that because I know there's other things. (laughs) Sure. I think a lot of people uh, sometimes would give themselves a pass and be like, oh, well, you know, I missed the deadline because, you know, ADHD and not hold themselves accountable because, Mm -hmm. you know, you deadlines are deadlines and sometimes you have you have no choice but to make them. Um, and so you have to find a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can go, it can go, that's the thing. It can go either way, right? Yes. Yeah. You can be like, Oh, you can use like anything else. You can lose, you can use your label or your, you know, your excuse, whatever it is. You, you can use that, um, to, uh, you know, as an excuse for everything. Sure. Or you can not recognize that and, uh, be, way too hard on yourself for something that you cannot control. Sure. Um, I will, I, as I have a lot of, of tools and strategies Mm. that I, that I use that I've built, I've got my diagnosis at seven. Like my weaknesses have been the same since I was seven. Mm. Um, I, and I, the tools have changed obviously. Um, but I, I've known them since then. So I've had a lot of time to try and, and find the best system that works for me. Mm. But, I also know that I will, no matter how hard I try, I'll never be an organized person. I'll, I'll never have it all mm. together. And that's okay. I have the strategies to get me as close to everyone else as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also can't uh, be, uh, I, I can't keep putting myself down for things that are outside of my sure. control. And as somebody who's happen. producing their own theater, what's the... <laughs> What is the biggest challenge of, of uh, aside from just organization, yeah. like how, what is it that, what's the challenge and how do you manage to get things done? Yeah, it's been, a bit, and I, I produced uh, a show that I, and stage managed it this year that I wasn't in. So that, that, that was an interesting uh, new thing. Um, Cause it, it's kind of like producing is, I mean, producing is kind of the, opposite for any artist like it's it's a it's a different hat you yes with your brain and they don't often teach us anything about that in theater they school. don't they teach you nothing yeah <laughs> um about self-producing but uh i it, yeah when when you have something that's affecting your organizational mm. uh skills and and you know kind of make you more forgetful or or distractible um it, producing is always a challenge and again like you can't it was a new thing when i started i self-produced sarah the first show and i was a big learning curve i had a mentor that helped me through a lot of like the fringe stuff yeah and then going outside of that it's a lot of uh asking for help when you need it and and for me i find of producing like i just take longer to do things Mm -hmm. that that other people than than other people um an application can, can take me like two 24-hour days and uh it, it's it's time a mm. lot like this year i because i knew i wanted to produce and and write and create a lot more i moved to hamilton and i went down to only working a part-time mm. so i'm i'm full-time i i tallied up all my hours a month ago about how many hours I put into producing and, and, and art. Yeah. And it's like thir- anywhere between 30 and 50 hours a week. Nice. Well, <laughs> so, that's, I mean, that's, 
It's, I had I had one good moment of, oh, I'm a full-time artist. And then, oh my God, I'm not being paid for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly followed after. Yeah. Um, but that's also just me taking way longer than, yeah. than the average person to do sure. some of the simplest things. And that's part organization. That's part like getting distracted. Like sometimes I can read a question on a, on a form and I literally read it like 15 times and then I'm like, Oh, okay. No, I got it. I just like, I'm start, I start thinking about something else sure. while I'm reading it or, or, you know, I looking at something else and suddenly I didn't absorb the information. Yeah. Um, and it's like what a lot of people experience, but sure. this is it every single time sure. for me. <laughs> now, to be fair, in some of those forms, the questions are not particularly <laughs> not like right. straightforwardly written. It's like a lawyer sat down and yeah. some of these things. And thought, like, what's the most difficult way, but specific, that I could say this? It's so true. While keeping it broad. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not always easy. Some are definitely more difficult than others. But uh, producing's been a huge learning curve. But I do think I have uh, a somewhat handle on it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, so why the move to Hamilton? Like you were in London, Niagara, Welland, Welland. Ontario. That's why the move. Okay, to okay. From um, Welland to the big city of, yeah. of Hamilton. Yeah. Um, I lived in London. I went to school there, and I lived there to do a show for a few months. Mm -hmm. I spent eight months in Toronto. Yeah. I lived in in uh, you know around Niagara. And uh, after doing uh, Sarah in the Hamilton Fringe, I did the Hamilton Fringe Alert program. Okay. Which is a producing program. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for artists, um, and we helped produce the 2017 Frostbites Festival. And I, you know, every time we had a meeting, which was like once or twice a month, we'd all go out after or we'd see a show together. And I kind of got to know Hamilton through mm. doing Sarah in the Fringe and then doing this program for eight months. Yeah. And I just fell in love with the city. It's mm. so vibrant. There's so much theater happening. Um, last night, I got to do a, a story with the Hamilton 7, um, which is this amazing storytelling group that mm. does a show every month. Um, and they've been all been doing it for years, and some of them have traveled all over the world doing it. Um, and it was so great to be able to to tell a story with with you know sure. such high caliber, wonderful people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the city was was still having like so much going on, and so many artists in the city. Like every day, I'm meeting someone who's moved from somewhere to mm. be an artist in the city, which is so mm. cool. Um, you know, it's still a sense of community. You see this, you see the same people at these events and the same audience members. Mm. I do a storytelling night and people tell me that they saw me in, in fringe or, yeah. or a, another storytelling night. And that's yeah. really cool. Certainly something we don't have in, in Toronto or some of the larger cities where there's more pockets. Our, in Toronto. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say silos, but pockets is, is also mm. like people get involved with particular groups and those are the people that you, that you associate with and things like that so it's it, i definitely see the benefit of of you know being able to have a community mm -hmm. yeah. and we have that too like you see there's there's companies that that are, will always use the same performers um uh, or do the same types of shows mm -hmm. and and there's for sure that like like any um, sure. you know city with theater but um 
but I do find they just have a lot going on. Like there's the, the we had the Hamill 10 festival yes, yeah. this month, 10 minute play festival, and then the mental health theater festival in May. Mm -hmm. And I literally see a show or go to a theater event every week. Nice. Uh, nice. And it's lovely. Nice. Yeah. It's just a great community. So you're, you're doing uh, the ADHD project once again in, uh, uh, what are the cities you're doing that in? <laughs> I'm doing it in London, Edmonton, Victoria, and Vancouver. Have you done Victoria or Vancouver before? I did Vancouver last year. Okay. Had a blast. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never done Victoria. Okay. Victoria is okay. the new one this year. All right. Yeah. Cool. And okay. you're doing, you're doing the, the brand new one. I'm not quite written yet. Yeah, it's it's getting, like it's there. getting there. It's getting there. And it's, it's called. Uh, th it's called Scary Cat. It's about uh, everything that I'm afraid of, which mm -hmm. is everything. Okay. Um, but mostly my mom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, does your mom know know about this? No, yet? it was kind of because I I I obviously uh, take a long time to write these things. Uh, like most people, I don't think everyone's no no one's done their fringe show right now at this point, no. right? We still have well, some. You're done. Be, I'm, <laughs> I'm redoing one that I've already done. I just have to relearn it because yeah. it's been two years. But. Re reoccurring doesn't count. Yeah. But uh, I realized recently, actually, I, I was writing writing this show, and each year my show has kind of had a a, a message, um, and I that just has happened organically. And sure. but but I found I I really liked that aspect of my work and I was writing the show and writing all these funny stories about being scared of everything as a kid um, going into the ocean for the first time and bawling my eyes out and screaming I was like 16 <laughs> um, and I realized though that like there's not like there what's like the message with this show and and then I went back and looked at all the stories and my mom was in every single one of them and uh -huh. the antagonist in uh -huh. every single one. Uh -huh. So I, I've, it, she doesn't know because it was a new thing I've just discovered this week okay. that uh, the show is going to be, it's a lot of like funny, scary kid stories, but it's uh, it's definitely a mother-daughter show. Do, yeah. do you think your mom will find it funny? or Because uh, you, you mentioned that when you did the ADHD project the first time, like everybody stood up except your parents. They did at the end. Okay. <laughs> They're not theater people. No. Okay. So they didn't understand what people were doing. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> How do you think your mom's going to like uh, being the antagonist um, of your show? And are you going to give her a heads up before she sees it? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. She, like, she refused to see Sarah. I wanted to do it in front of them, like, two days before I opened. Uh, just so I had I'd done it in front of someone other than yeah. my director. And she refused to because she said, if she doesn't like it or it sucks, I'll see it on her face and then she'll feel bad. <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to do it for my parents oh my before God. I performed it. So, I mean, she she's so supportive. I and mean, both my parents are, are my number one fans and they come see everything. But uh, she hates uh, when I say that she's going to be in some of my stories. Oh. So I don't know how she's going to feel about it. But she will love it because it's me and yes, my daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has to. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably give her a heads up that she's in stories. I'm not going to give her a heads up that it's about us because I'm worried. You that figure that she might like me. be angry or yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Unless she listens to this. In which case? In which case, cat's out of the bag. Surprise, mom! Surprise, mom! <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, if worst comes to worst, I mean, after you perform it, you're going to have, like, all kinds of extra stories about yeah. your mom and they'll how she be, reacted to this show. The they'll, first be, saw they'll be part two. Yeah. I mean, I'm performing a show, like, I, I know what you mean about wanting to perform it in front of people before you perform it in front of people. Like a workshop. Yeah. yeah. I, I needed to perform the commandment in front of people. I was like, who is the most receptive, who are the most receptive of my friends who mm. will allow me to perform this and even if they hate it, will not necessarily um, show it on their face. Like, yeah. I needed yeah. people <laughs> who were going to be like, <laughs> who would be able to watch it and just be able to, to like be supportive. Be good so, audience like, Be members. good audience members. <laughs> and not people who would be like, Oh, and suddenly goes sour faced in the middle, and I'd be like, "I can see you. <laughs> this is just me talking to you." Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Is that does this is your mom's reaction to this something that, that you worry about? Um, I mean, like I said, this is a this is a new like a new discovery in the, here, so I haven't I haven't thought too much. Mm-hmm on it i mean it does it does make me nervous hence why i'm not positive that i'll tell her sure prior to her coming um uh she's a very private person and, and i'm not revealing a, mm. a, a bunch of things i i just i've wanted to talk about our our relationship for a while because it's very uh, we're complete opposites. Sure. Um, and yet now we're best friends because I'm my dad. So yeah. Of course. Okay. You know. So, yeah. You know. We. I mm. tell her everything. Um, but it took a long time of you know World War Three before mm. getting there, and I think based off of I mean I get to I mean I do I'm workshopping this show with uh, the Junction with Theater Aquarius, so I, I read out the stories all the time to my little uh, writing group. Um, and just based from that, like I'm not the only one who's had certain experiences with their mom mm-hmm. like this. So that kind of gives me reassurance too, that I think it's important to sometimes talk about these sure. uh, awkward, ex- I don't know, conversations or experiences you ha- we have with our, our parents when we're still learning that they're pe- actual people. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it goes both ways. Sure. On the upside, after you do it in Hamilton, you get to run away to Edmonton and to yep. the West to do uh, to do the ADHD project for a while. So maybe, that is true. After yeah. we go on a family vacation to our cottage up. Oh shit! Okay, so that's that's maybe not quite as <laughs> yeah yeah no. So we'll see. Okay, well we'll it's see. Gonna be, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting, interesting summer. Could be very interesting. Well, Carla, thank you so much for this. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm really excited to be back. This has been a Homebody Productions production.